Good evening, hushlings, and welcome. I present your preceptors to the underbelly of the void, the whispers of conjecture, and the known of the unknown. Thus begins the conclave of the Hush Hush Society. Greetings, hushlings. Welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. Where we journey into the world of conspiratorial mysteries and dark truths. I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Mystery Mike. And as always, we're joined by our intelligence officer, Slick Frank Sanders. He's got a gun! Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> He's been an intelligent officer before as well. This is your third or fourth intelligent officer. Well, you don't employment. lose your rank. You know? No. No. I've been in and out of multiple agencies. They all know me by my first name, second alias, third, <laughs> you know, many names, man of many names. Many talents also. Yeah. Yeah. So how's everybody doing today? Super swell, super swell. Nice. I couldn't be better. Dude, we live in life. 2023. It's approaching the final quarter of the year. Yeah. And let's not forget. We're heading into another exciting month that the uh, the hushlings enjoy. Good old Hushtober. Pounding away. Poundtober. Pumpkins <laughs> coming right up. <laughs> all the uh, all the OG hushlings are going to get pumpkins in the mail. <laughs> Glitter pumpkin stickers. Or those stickers that have like the gel inside them. Oh yeah, the jelly stickers. In this episode, we do some recon on the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. We explore the history of this jointly independent and government-funded research program that has been deemed the Pentagon's Mad Science Experiments. Yes, mad, mad scientists. But before we plant chips in our brains and launch cruise missiles with our minds, just want to remind you, as always, of our socials, Facebook, Instagram, and X. Formerly known as Twitter... We still call it Twitter. I don't know. You just called it X. I, I know. You know, that it's, threw me for a loop. I dude. had to try it out and it felt very awkward. So, uh, Elon, you fucked up. You did. You know what isn't a fuck up, though? Heading on over to hushhushsociety.com, the official website of us three guys, Hush Hush Society. You could find all the episodes you're listening to, like this one, blogs, merchandise, guest profiles. Other things. And the direct link to our smiling faces on Rockfin. That's right, our Rockfin. You can watch all of our video debriefings with your eyeballs. You're taking that one sense that you're used to interacting with us with, right? Just your hearing. And you are multiplying that. You are doubling it. You get that visual. All of our debriefings and declassified discussions available on Rockfin. Check us out. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Do what you got to do. Well, boys, you ready to crack into Darpy? A little Darpski? Let's get Darped up. Derpa. Darpa Darpa. <laughs> Darpa, or the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, has had one single and lasting mission for the past 60 years to make critical investments in breakthrough technologies for national security. DARPA has time and time again delivered on their initial mission statement, transforming revolutionary concepts and even seeming impossibilities into practical capabilities by working with those at the top of their fields, both in and out of government, so in the private sector as well. Bet your sweet ass in the private sector. That's where the money's at. You know that. Yep, yep. Where the money's at, precision weapons and stealth technology are big-time examples of some of the game-changing military capabilities that DARPA has created. Let us not forget the internet. Wouldn't be able to hear us without that. Thank you, DARPA, for creating the Hush Hush Society. That's our god, DARPA. All hail, DARPA. All hail. (laughs) Um, Oh, speaking of that, automated voice recognition, language translation, and GPS receivers small enough to fit in any device. Example, your cell phone. I thought Al Gore invented the internet. That's what I thought, too. Al Gore invented Man Bear Pig. <laughs> Maybe, do you think Al Gore ever uh, worked for DARPA? Maybe a contractor? I mean, 
if he was super serial about it, maybe. <laughs> Guys, he's super serial. The Economist has called DARPA the agency, quote, that shaped the modern world and said that, quote, Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine sits alongside weather satellites, GPS, drones, stealth technology, voice interfaces, the personal computer, as well as the Internet on the list of innovations for which DARPA can claim at least partial credit, end quote. Two things there. There's your answer. Partial credit. Partial credit. It definitely wasn't just DARPA, probably some other technologies. But who was this idiot at The Economist saying the COVID-19 vaccine sits alongside weather satellites, which saves people's lives in crazy storms, GPS, which saves people's lives from driving in the wrong neighborhoods, drones, fun. Well, because yeah. there's still this huge amount of people that would compare the two. That's not comparable. They do think that that vaccine like saved the world from World War Z somehow. And of course, for all that it's worth, DARPA is independent of other military R&D and reports directly to senior Department of Defense management like it makes it any better. Let's go back a little bit. Originally, it was known as the Advanced Research Projects Agency or ARPA. Sounds like a burp. What are we going to call this guy? <laughs> <laughs> the agency was created on February 7th, 1958 by President Dwight D. Eisenhower in response to the Soviet launching of Sputnik in 1957. Eisenhower did a lot of stuff. Made the interstate system. Created Orpor. <laughs> Busy boy. Yeah. He's out there making moves. Fun fact, Roy Johnson, ARPA's first director, actually left a $160,000 salary management job at GE for an $18,000 job at ARPA. Mm. On the books, $18,000. On the books. Yeah. Must have been a yeah. kickback there. Yeah. yeah. Plus, yeah. you know, you got you to gotta move backwards sometimes to move way forward. Mm. Mm. You know? Take a shit-paying job, and eventually it'll become a great-paying job. His scientific assistant was Herbert York from Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. Love that. Johnson and York were both interested in the field of space technology, but when NASA was established in 1958, all space projects and most of ARPA's funding were transferred to it. Hmm, curious, curious, curious. Do they still have uh do they still have all the research documents that NASA did when they were looking into the oceans? Does DARPA have them? No, no, just NASA in general. Right. They totally lost it. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> the moon landing stuff. They lost the technology. The technology to land on the moon, even though India just did it. Well, not with people. But I'm saying, like, it they started off as an ocean research entity, correct? They got to have some sort of research from that. How come we never see that? Because nobody cares about the oceans. But it would be interesting to look up. Why can't we find the research papers and the research uh, data that NASA took before they became a space agency? That's a great episode idea. Hmm. Might have to look at it. With a wider lens, the water research is the space research. Mm. That's what uh, led it to uh, space. It's uh, all the same, dude. Yeah. It's all liquid. <laughs> and who was already on the moon filming them landing? That's what I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> it was Dwight D. Eisenhower. There you go. Busy boy. <clears throat> Valiant Thor just hanging out. From 1958 to 1965, ARPA mostly focused on major national issues like ballistic missile defense and nuclear test detection. I guess that's major national issues. Still dealing with that today. And that was the 60s. In the midst of all that, by the time 1959 rolled around, ARPA was a key player in transit, also called NAVSAT, which was a precursor to modern-day global positioning satellites, or GPS. During the late 1960s, amidst the transfer of more mature programs to other agencies and services, ARPA redefined its role and concentrated on a diverse set of relatively small, essentially exploratory research programs, all hypothetical. 
The Mansfield Amendment of 1973 expressed limited appropriations for defense research through ARPA or DARPA only to projects with direct military application. So they couldn't go and do these crazy, off-fringe, science fiction-type things that the original two scientists were really into. It was strictly military after this amendment. Once the DoD got involved, it was all over. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's make robotic dogs with AK-47s on them to police the world. Oh, hell yeah. That'd be so dope. They make them. Flying elephants with RPG, uh, what are those called? <laughs> the fucking trunks. RPG, it's RPG a trunk. Trunks. <laughs> yeah, I, I I wanted to say tusks. Can you imagine if elephants had like javelins attached to them? <laughs> <laughs> We're bringing back war elephants. <laughs> you guys see Lord of the Rings like that? Bringing them javelins back. and RPGs. Oh man. As a direct result of the amendment, between the years of 1976 and 1991, DARPA's major projects consisted of air, land, sea, and space technology, tactical armor and anti-armor programs, infrared sensing for space-based surveillance, high-energy laser technology for space-based missile defense, anti-submarine warfare, advanced cruise missiles, advanced aircraft, and defense applications of advanced computing. Did you get all that? Did you get all the stuff that they do? War. That's a lot of stuff. Warmongers. It sounds like there's a lot of advanced things in there. Mm. Have you played Call of Duty Advanced Warfare? Because that's everything <laughs> in that game. <laughs> it's Call of Duty Advanced DARPA. The DARPA edition. If you're looking at this list, it is pretty impressive. Uh, some interesting stuff here. One thing that uh, really stuck out for me is the infrared sensing for space-based surveillance and also that high-energy laser technology for space-based missile defense. That makes sense because of ballistic missiles. Yeah, yeah. But still. Like you said, the infrared... Isn't like microwaves on the infrared spectrum like that's or infrared's its own spectrum, but like we can't see infrared. Are they keeping track of satellites? Maybe it's to see them ping or something like that. I don't know. The agency's focus in the 80s was information processing and aircraft related programs such as the National Aerospace Plane or NASP or Hypersonic Research Program. DARPA also began to pursue new concepts for small lightweight satellites or LightSat and directed tons of new programs regarding defense manufacturing, submarine technology, and armor anti-armor, like we stated before. Hmm. Makes me wonder how often they're in Connecticut. They have the submarine base and makers of submarines here. Groton. What are they cooking up over in Groton? Nuclear subs. Well, is DARPA's the, they're the agency that creates like, they're trying to create like with like places like Boston Dynamics and stuff like that. They're trying to create like super soldier exoskeletons, like mechs. Like, dude, that's, mm -hmm. that's coming. Mech warrior in real life. Those are the yeah. type of things that these guys are doing. And we Just don't like robotic them. warfare. Do you think the TR-3B is part of that advanced aircraft thing through this program? Or do you think that that's like real black projects? I don't think it's Black Project. I don't think it's as Black Project as we think it is, just because yeah. there are sightings of it. If it was real Black Project stuff, they'd keep it out, like, way out distant in the fucking desert or sending it over water or something like that. They wouldn't put it over populated cities. I wouldn't have seen it in Kensington, Connecticut. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So okay. I don't think it's as Black Project, but it is something that is in the wheelhouse of DARPA, I would say, you know, creating that advanced aircraft and now think about it this way how long has it been since you've seen that tr3b and how long has it been since the first sightings of a tr3b now think of what they're really coming up with years and years later and that's the stuff that they're not showing us mm. things that can be gone in a blink of an eye you know faster than the sr-71 or anything like that that's the scary shit i know it's further into the episode. We'll get into like some of the actual projects and innovations of the modern day. But 
on their website, on the DARPA website, there's a timeline that you can look at from the inception of DARPA to about 2021 of all of the different military applied innovations that they've had a hand in. Um, I can't say for sure that the TR-3B is on there, but it's cool to see like all of the different, the, mind you, those are only public applications, public military applications that they're willing to say, hey, we helped with this. But yeah, that's it's a nifty tool. But it's weird looking at this 60s, 70s, 80s. They're sort of neck deep in everything warfare related except for projectiles. Like, why was it everything but projectiles? Was there some limitation there? First letter in their acronym is defense. Yeah, but you, you can defend with projectiles. True. Projectiles are a part of that. I don't know. I just think it's weird. Do you think these are the guys doing those DEWs or have a hand in it in some type of manufacturing? If you're talking about direct energy weapons, for sure, they're involved. Fucking Maui, man. I was talking about Maui. Yeah, that's a mess. That's a mess. Yeah, um, we'll get to that at some point. Maybe for Patreon. That's. I think. I think we should hit it sooner rather than later. Absolutely. Absolutely. Under a DARPA research contract, two engineers, Robert McGee and Kenneth Waldron, began developing the Adaptive Suspension Vehicle, or ASV, nicknamed the Walker, at Ohio State University in 1981. The vehicle was 17 feet long, 8 feet wide, and about 10.5 feet tall. It had six legs supporting its three-ton aluminum body, which was designed to transport cargo over difficult terrain. However, after problems with cold weather tests, DARPA lost interest in further developing the project. Pretty much cut the funds. There was the baby robot elephant we were talking about earlier. That could have been it. Do you think they had something to do with rail guns? Oh, for sure. They could have. They definitely could have had a hand in that. Yeah. Sounds like something they'd be into. On October 28th of 2009, the agency broke ground on a new facility in Arlington County, Virginia, only a few miles from the Pentagon. The organization's name was officially changed from ARPA to DARPA. We added the DERP. Then back to ARPA in February of 1993, and then finally back to DARPA in March of 1996. So there's still a chance that they're going to drop that defense again. Drop the D. We could get an ARPA in our lifetime. Drop the heavy D. It's a big <laughs> D. Get rid of it. Do you think they strategically do that every year, those years that they do that? Because when you have something called you know, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency and then the Advanced Research Projects Agency, then you can take away the defense aspect and do wild shit. If it's just advanced research projects agency or ARPA, then maybe it's easier for you to get funding to do more things with like telekinesis or mind control, as opposed to defense where you can be like, well, we have a military contract to create a fucking rail weapon. I don't know. I don't know how much that name really matters. They still had to abide by the Mansfield Amendment. They still had to mm. abide by those military purposes. I wonder if that's still active. Either way. Gotta be. It was probably just butting heads of upper management, honestly. <laughs> Something stupid. Just some board meeting where they're just like, we got to drop the D. Heavy yeah. Ds. <laughs> yeah. But think about it this way. I don't think that the name really even matters because look at the Department of Defense. Department of Defense, but they go and create a whole lot of fucking weapons. Defending America. And by yeah, defending America while we're drone striking villages in the Middle East. Defense for America. DARPA is made up of approximately 220 government employees spread across six technical offices, including nearly 100 program managers who oversee about 250 research and development programs. It's a lot of programs. There's even two offices just to manage special projects. Special projects. All offices report to the DARPA director, Stephanie Tompkins. As of, I believe, 2021, she was the new director. Banging down the list of offices, we've got the Aerospace Projects Office, or APO, and they aim to guarantee that the United States can maintain air dominance in future conflict zones. 
There's also the Adaptive Capabilities Office, or ACO. They collaborate closely with the military services to identify and address critical national security threats and challenges. And who could forget the Defense Sciences Office, or the DSO, which identifies and pursues high-risk, high-reward research initiatives across a wide range of science and engineering fields of study, transforming them into significant, new, game-changing technologies for U.S. national security. These are basically DARPA's explanations of their own offices. So, I mean, we, sh- we could. We could do some ad reads for them. We can get one of those little robots. <laughs> the Hush Hush Society brought to you by DARPA. <laughs> <laughs> we always knew those fuckers were shills. Hey, man, they're paying the bills. That's all yep. that matters. As long as I get one of those fucking robots, those four-legged things that can barely And you walk. know what? Listen, if we start doing ad reads for DARPA and a bunch of other government agencies, I'm sure they pay really well. Yeah, probably. And then one day we'll get dropped out of a hotel window. Beautiful. What better way to go than to be eaten by wolves? Moving on. The Information Innovation Office, or I2O, has been tasked with ensuring the United States' technological superiority in any area where information can provide a decisive military advantage. Espionage and recon. One of the little bit more interesting offices being the Microsystems Technology Office, or MTO. Now, they were set in place to develop high-performance intelligence microsystems and next-generation components to put America first in command in the sense of control, communications, computer intelligence, surveillance, reconnaissance, electronic warfare, and directed energy. Set it right there. Directed energy. Bap, 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 bap. That's my energy ray gun noise. The mission of the Strategic Technology Office, or the STO, is to concentrate on technologies that have a global impact and involve multiple services. The TTO, or Tactical Technology Office, conducts extremely dangerous, high-reward, advanced military research, emphasizing the, quote, system and subsystem approach to the development of aeronautic, space, and land systems, as well as embedded processors and control systems. Listen. This is, uh, this is some heavy information, but just look at it this way. DARPA wants to control everything with a microprocessor or a computer chip in it, especially if it's a weapon. The better the chips, the better the weapon works, too. I like those lime Tostitos. I'm just going to let you guys know right now, DARPA's probably hurting at the moment. The semiconductor industry is down. Chips are down right now. They're still down. It's coming back up, but DARPA's DARPA's hurting right now. For consumers, but yeah, for consumers. (laughs) (laughs) These guys they're probably controlling it. They're they're rolling in fucking computer chips. They take baths in the shit. I doubt they're having meetings or like, guys, I don't understand. Nobody's buying chips for these missile guidance systems. What's going on? (laughs) They all stocked up before COVID. We're going to have to lay some guys off on the line. It's going to be tough. Fuck. (laughs) Next up, we have the Biological Technologies Offices, or BTO, and this promotes, demonstrates, and transfers fundamental research, discoveries, and applications that integrate biology, engineering, and computer science for national security purposes yet again. Arati Prabhakar, the then-director, founded the organization in April of 2014, combining programs from the MTO and the DSO offices. That one, they always say for national security purposes. Now, applications that integrate biology. Was DARPA involved with the Moderna's COVID vaccine? Oh, heavily, yeah. There's a whole portion of it on their website, yeah. Yeah, so that's where this stems from. I feel like DARPA is like the surface, like the skin level so far of like any major DOD black special access projects. It's the one that you can see, like, you know, you look through binoculars, you can only see so far, but over the flat horizon, you can't see through the fog. And the fog is really, really probably dark shit. And now, now these guys are giving people clot shots and shit. Shooting up America with microchips. Well, we were just talking about Moderna, if you really want to get into that. There are theorists out there that say that Moderna is a DARPA company. 
and that they are completely funded by DARPA and that for years and years they tried to get some sort of vaccine and mRNA vaccine approved and that they couldn't get it approved. And then all of a sudden 2020 rolls around and they were able to get an approved vaccine within a couple months. So there's a little bit of question to that as to DARPA's involvement with that. But then you get into something that's called the Prophecy Project. So the Prophecy Project, let me just read it here. Uh, October of 2012, good year, good year, uh, DARPA began a project called Prophecy led by Dr. Michael Callahan and involving scientists from John Hopkins and Harvard Universities with the goal of using algorithms to predict viral evolution and anticipate vaccinations. So it's a little known thing, the Prophecy Project, and then there's a ton of research as within the Prophecy Project where they start looking at Hep B vaccines, HIV vaccines, which we all know our famous doctor, head of all vaccinations for the past three years. He was involved in HIV vaccinations back in the 90s. So DARPA plays into that also, and then they were doing research for SARS, SARS COVID vaccinations, way back actually in the 90s. I see what you're saying. Straight from investors on Moderna's website, it says DARPA awards Moderna Therapeutics a grant for $24.6 million to research up to five years advanced promoting antibody-producing drug candidates. That was in 2013. And then suspiciously, on October 8th of 2020, DARPA awards Moderna $56 million to enable small-scale rapid mobile manufacturing of nucleic acid vaccines and therapeutics. Mm-hmm. There you go. And if you want to dive in, into it even deeper, so uh, DARPA had consultants and academic partners uh, to offshore the SARS research to the uh, the Wuhan lab or to the BSL-4 lab, I'm not sure what that is, that was built by Stephanie Bansell, who was the CEO of a company called BioMaru, who jumped to Moderna to be the DARPA contractor. I think these are the lizards? <laughs> I think these are the fucking people who screwed us for the past three years. You can look more of this up. It's under a project called ADEPT. So ADEPT was the project to look into uh, SARS and COVID and all that other stuff. That was the DARPA project to look into this thing. Now, if you look at the list of projects that was part of a contractor that was working with DARPA, one of them, in, and this is within their list of different projects that they were part of, uh, one of them was listed as the Synthetic Coronaviruses Biohacking Biological Warfare Enabling Technologies. And that was back in 2005. How is it not more obvious than that? Yeah, it runs pretty deep. It runs very deep. And if you follow it all, you can see the players. You can see a lot of the you know CEOs of these pharmaceutical companies, these labs. They all end up pointing back to DARPA or Moderna, which, again, kind of a puppet show of DARPA. But I feel like even above that, there's more puppetry going on, obviously. Like Dave said just a bit ago. I feel like that's like skimming the surface of the darkness that ensues, right? They they are the top rung of the ladder that we're allowed to see. And I'm rattled that we're just like coming across this now. I don't know how deep into this you guys have researched into that, like beforehand, uh, before tonight's episode. Not since I started looking into DARPA. I can't help but feel like that's the highest up the conspiracy COVID chain that you could get. Uh, you could probably go beyond that. You think you so? Could go, yeah, you publicly. Could go beyond that, maybe not publicly, but if you really, maybe publicly, it really all depends. You got to really dig deep into it. But I know that like Moderna and DARPA had funded some sort of gala or charity or something like that, some sort of symposium, summit, whatever you want to call it, where they were going over biotechnologies and weaponry of biological 
warfare and it's just like crazy crazy stuff that they were pretty much like yeah let's have a talk about this with a bunch of the highest ranking professors and scientists that work in you know all these different fields come together and have a chat about it yeah it'd be a good idea to kill a couple million people no no worries how do you want to do it we'll do it with a shot and a virus (sighs) So there's there's something that goes even further, and this this is not something that may be backed up necessarily, but there are some scientific markers to it that the hepatitis B vaccine that was developed back in the 90s is actually a precursor for COVID. So if you had a hep B vaccine that is of this particular brand of vaccine or this particular chemical makeup of this hep B vaccine, that you're more likely to get COVID because it allows COVID to infect your body worse or easier. Yeah. The more doses you have, the easier it is for you to get it. Yeah. Hushlings will return after this short message. In our upcoming debriefing, we'll be investigating the gruesome life of notorious American serial killer, Ed Gain. Also known as the Butcher of Plainfield, or Plainfield Ghoul, who gained infamy in the 1950s. Gain's gruesome crimes shocked the nation and served as inspiration for several fictional killers in popular culture, including Norman Bates from Psycho, as well as Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Gaines' crimes came to light in 1957 when police discovered human remains in his decaying farmhouse. He was responsible for the murder of at least two women. The monster of a man even crafted furniture, clothing, and masks from human skin, leading to his depiction as a real-life boogeyman. But his most chilling acts involved grave robbing and creating macabre trophies from the corpses. Join us in going over the case files of one of the most disturbing and morbid annals of American criminal history. Streaming everywhere on October 2nd. Welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. Another thing that would be hard to figure out, but it would be very interesting, and maybe the numbers wouldn't even work out in that way, but it would be interesting to see actual COVID deaths and the percentage of those people that had a hep B vaccine within the previous few years. Because not everybody gets a hep B vaccine. So it would be interesting to see how many of those people were contracting COVID as opposed to people that maybe didn't get a hep B vaccine or something of the sort. I got one in seventh grade. (laughs) And you got COVID. I did. Dun, dun, dun. Confirmed. Confirmed. Link confirmed. confirmed. I don't know. That last one, the connection between Hep B and the COVID vaccine or COVID strain uh, is kind of unfounded. But again, there's precursors there. There's a chemical compound that kind of links them together. Why wouldn't they be exploring multiple viruses and vaccinations and on top of just have like it's just like Pfizer and Moderna's you know a similar company they create these compounds so I'm sure that they've had these things on deck for decades they house these literal viruses and different security levels of these certain labs do you ever watch the doc it wasn't a documentary but it was like a three or four part series about the guy who leaked the anthrax in the lab or who is the one creating the anthrax I forgot the name of it That type of stuff reminds me of that because they showed like, you know, people in full PPE having to plug in the oxygen and go to like level four and level four, they have Ebola in a freezer and they had COVID and all these other deadly pathogens and stuff like that. It wouldn't surprise me that hepatitis, the hepatitis B vaccine was from the same entity whatsoever. Humans are crazy, dude. Humans are crazy. As Joe Rogan says, uh, we're monkeys with thermonuclear weapons, which I think is kind of funny. Just fill bunkers with the most deadly, contagious diseases in the world. Yeah. Well, boys, we spoke a little bit on where these people at DARPA work and how they divvy up their work. 
but we got to get into the work, into the projects, crack open the nutshell of what these people do for a living, how they're contributing to society in nefarious or beneficial ways you decide. DARPA has been developing unmanned platforms, distributing sensing systems, and position awareness technology to facilitate access to the vast maritime expanse in all of its manifestations. And we're going to go through a couple of the 250 plus projects that we thought were kind of interesting, innovative, or downright strange. We're going to go through all 250. Joke's on you. Yeah, rapid fire. <laughs> bow, 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 bow. Get ready for three hours and 46 more minutes of us. Double that. <laughs> All right. Here's the first 75. <laughs> the first on the list is a big one. The 100-Year Starship Project, or the 100 YSS. The project was a one-year joint U.S., DARPA, and NASA effort to take the first step in the next era of space exploration, a journey between the stars. Beautiful. The project's purpose was to create a viable and sustainable model for long-term private sector investment to make interstellar space travel a reality. The goal was to examine what it would take organizationally, technically, sociologically, and ethically to develop the technology to send mankind to another star within 100 years. Mm. We haven't even gone back to the moon, man. We're, we're reaching for the stars. <laughs> I mean... We haven't been back to the moon that we know of. Oh, this is true. Now, was this 100-year starship, was it a model or was it an actual spacecraft that they built? One year is pretty steep to build a spacecraft. It was probably just them talking at a table for a year trying to figure it out. And then they were like, nah. <laughs> what are we getting for lunch? Yeah, fucking Panera bread. Next up, we've got Assault Breaker, which was a program that began in 1978 to integrate a number of technologies, including lasers, electro-optical sensors, microelectronics, data processors, and radars important for precision-guided munitions, or PGMs. There's your uh, projectiles, Mike. Well, yeah, they're putting the chips into it, but why aren't they making them? Go faster, you know? <laughs> Why aren't they making them boom bigger? <laughs> Big booms. Do more damage. Accuracy means nothing. Spray and pray, DARPA. Pop off. <laughs> uh, another project is the Computational Weapon Optic, or the CWO. That's a computer rifle scope that combines various features into one optic. It was designed in 2015. I bet you that thing is badass. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty you useful. Can watch YouTube reels in the top <laughs> right corner while you're waiting for the target to come out of his <laughs> shack. <laughs> Literally splitting somebody's cranium back while you're watching fucking YouTube videos on the side. Are you still there? It's like a Netflix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucks your shot up. Ah! You're 40 episodes deep into a uh, big mouth and you're ready to <laughs> pop a Taliban head honcho. <laughs> Next, we have a more recent one from 2023. There's the DARPA triage challenge. The DTC will use, I don't know if it's even happened yet, it will use a series of challenges and events to spur development of novel psychological features for medical triage. Hmm. The three-year competition focuses on improving emergency medical response in military and civilian mass casualty incidents. So this is a think tank competition. No, it's like a, it's like an ambulance competition. Next up on the chopping block, we've got the hypersonic air breathing weapon concept or Hawk H A W C. This program is a joint DARPA U S air force effort that seeks to develop and demonstrate critical technologies to enable an effective and affordable air launched hypersonic cruise missile. Now, what categorizes hypersonic? What's the, the miles per hour there? It's well above 15. Balance, hypersonic, affordable, and effective. It's like this triangle with rounded curves. I don't know if you can have all three, but that's a good question. How do you define hypersonic? Uh, Mach 5. 
Yeah, I, I can't even conceptualize that. That four thousand miles me. per hour. That also means nothing to me. Uh, so I was right when I said above fifteen. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. See, Jesus. Well, it could have been fifteen thousand. I mean, like really how many off. times faster than a goose is that? And then maybe <laughs> I can start to image it. Well, it's how fast is that in goose miles? <laughs> It's it's what eight times faster than a conventional airliner, which is how much faster than a pigeon? <laughs> About five hundred and fifty miles an hour faster than a pigeon, probably. These are numbers I can't even begin to I, understand. Just forget it. <laughs> In the late nineteen nineties, concerns over biological weapons prompted DARPA to establish the quote unconventional pathogen countermeasures program in order to develop and demonstrate defensive technologies which afford the greatest protection to uniformed warfighters and the defense personnel who support them during the U.S. military operations. Their descriptions are perfect for advertising. Like, yeah. I don't, put put I, these out as advertising, and you'll see so many people start donating money. Yeah, that sounds good. Support our troops. Give them pathogen countermeasures. They sold me. I'm like ruined for him. That's what I'm saying, man. They make a good commercial. Somebody's working overtime to write these descriptions. During the unconventional pathogen countermeasures program, DARPA failed to inform anyone that one of its unconventional projects was 300,000 to fund a trio of scientists who thought it would be a neat idea to synthesize polio. Nice. They constructed the virus using the genome sequence, which was available on the internet. Obtain the genetic material from companies that sell made-to-order DNA. Fantastic. Fantastic. Should definitely synthesize polio. Is that what Walt Jr. has in Breaking Bad? (laughs) (laughs) Is that what that is? (laughs) I just immediately thought of a pizza going on the roof. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he has cerebral palsy oh fuck <laughs> damn it that's fucked up they're yeah. the same thing pretty much though no, right? <laughs> <laughs> close enough uh, I hope I'm healthy until at least 40 Next up, we got Big Dog, which is a dynamically stable four-legged military robot that was created in 2005 by Boston Dynamics with Foster Miller, the NASA Jet Propulsion Laboratory, and the Harvard University Concord Field Station. I'm sure you guys have seen pictures and videos of this thing. It was funded by DARPA, but the project was shelved after the Big Dog was deemed too loud for combat. Not stealthy enough. Bullshit. You know they didn't shelf that. No. They didn't shelf that. I thought they were talking about using those in like San Francisco soon. I don't think that's the same thing. I don't think it's the same thing. Those are the ones that just shovel humans and grind them up. That's a chihuahua comparatively. Do you think that they're worried about how loud a (laughs) fucking 500 pound military robot dog is coming at an outpost in the middle of nowhere with missiles strapped to its back and a 50 cal on its forehead they don't care that thing's booking it probably 75 miles an hour they don't know what the hell they're gonna do can you imagine if that just thing just sounds like 60 shopping carts pushing together just like (laughs) (laughs) like creaking and hearing like hydraulics just just like even (laughs) if you heard it coming what are you gonna do and you know that thing is moving mad fast. There's no way that it's going like five miles an hour. It's not creeping. That thing is booking it. And it's got two fucking AR-15s on it. So like <laughs> probably a missile launcher. Too loud. I think that one they're lying to us. That's the one. That's the one that pushed you over the edge of they're lying to us. Big dog. Arf, arf. Imagine just being a goat herder in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> You see that thing booking towards you? Just you got like a fucking thirty-year-old rifle with fucking three rounds in it, and that thing is just coming at you. It's got fucking LED lights for eyes. It's coming in the night. Sounds like your dad waiting at Home Depot, juggling a box (laughs) of screws. Just and you're just like the fuck. 
big dog just starts firing at you. Big dog. <laughs> fuck are you gonna do? Nothing. Well, it seems like they were trying to use this for like some sort of stealthy covert <laughs> operations, like taking out Kim Jong in his fucking palace or something, and they thought maybe they couldn't get away with it. They're sending the robot dog out. Yeah, in some sort of Terminator type apocalyptic uh, Avengers Endgame scenario where there's some massive battle, yeah, you can have 40 of these things running around and nobody's going to even hear it. Imagine that. Just a whole army of them. A a flock. What do you call that? A pack. A pack of big dogs. The High Energy Liquid Laser Area Defense System, or HELADS, is a counter-RAM system under development that will use a powerful 150-kilowatt laser to shoot down rockets, missiles, artillery, and mortar shells. Not to mention little straw huts in the middle of the Hawaiian island. It's a rolling airframe missile system. Oh, fuck. I think they're the big round ones, and they go... You know, they, they go they go real fast and they, they track like crazy. Have you seen these things shoot down planes? It's crazy how fast they move. It's like scary. Yep. Yeah. They got them on ships. They got them on trucks, armored vehicles. Yeah. The ones on the naval vessels are huge, dude. They're huge. It's only a matter of time before they put one on Big Dog and take them out, Big of, dog. Take them out of commission. They should put them in parks. Next, we have the Boeing X-37, also known as the Orbital Test Vehicle, or OTV, and it is a reusable robotic spacecraft. It is boosted into space by a launch vehicle, then re-enters the Earth's atmosphere, lands as a space plane. The X-37 is operated by the United States Space Force for orbital spaceflight missions intended to demonstrate reusable space technologies. Uh, The X-37 looks like a space shuttle slash giant dildo. It looks like... A giant dick with fins. It is rather phallic. The Boeing X-37 is a 120% scaled derivative of the earlier Boeing X-40. The X-37 began as a NASA project in 1999 before being transferred to the United States DOD in 2004. Until 2019, the program was managed by the Air Force Space Command. Hey, have you guys heard about the new Steven Seagal movie, Sea Hunter? No? How about the Sea Hunter Project by DARPA? It's an (gasps) autonomous, unmanned surface vehicle, or a USV, launched in 2016 as part of the DARPA Anti-Submarine Warfare Continuous Trail Unmanned Vessel, or ACTUV. The ship was christened April 7th of 2016 in Portland, Oregon. And it was built by Vigor Industrial. I love the names that DARPA comes up with. I think that in itself is just, they definitely have somebody standing by coming up with these names. Next, we have something a little uh, tantalizing. The peripheral nerve interface. Mm. And it's a bridge between the peripheral nervous system and a computer interface, which serves as a bi-directional information transducer, recording and sending signals between the human body and a machine processor. Sounds titillating. Interfaces to the nervous system usually take the form of electrodes for stimulation and recording, though chemical stimulation and sensing are possible. Research in this area is focused on developing peripheral nerve interfaces for the restoration of function following disease or injury to minimize associated losses. So essentially uh, what they're claiming that's for is for somebody who uh, may have gotten into an accident and lost all function in their hand could regain the function in their hand due to chemical therapy as opposed to electrodes. You literally like get an injection and all of a sudden you're not paralyzed anymore does it work though Hmm. who knows now there's an interesting part to this particular project so we're talking about putting a chip in to connect these different systems in your body now Neuralink is that elon musk chip that goes into your brain right Mm mm-hmm There's theorists out there that believe that Elon Musk is an agent for DARPA and that the Neuralink is actually a project 
between Elon Musk and DARPA. One of our Reddits talks about Elon and DARPA. Mm, very in interesting. A stuff. In a different facet. Yeah. 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 And then there's the Jeff Bezos connection. That's also in our Reddit. Mm, okay. DARPA spent $30 million to build a hafnium bomb, a weapon that never existed and probably never will. Its would-be creator, Carl Collins, was a physics professor from Texas, who in 1999 claimed that he had used a dental x-ray machine to release energy from a trace of the isomer of hafnium-178. So this guy's just releasing radiation? Open wide. What sort of fucking nut job cracks open a <laughs> dental x-ray? What the fuck? No, he, he used it. He used it to... He sh- oh, he, sh- yeah. he, he took an x-ray f- photo of hafnium-178 to release the the juicy goodness of the center. I thought he released the juicy goodness of the inside of the x-ray. <laughs> <laughs> Like there was some fucking hafnium in there or something. I don't know. I don't know what x-rays are. I don't know how those shits work. I'm not a dentist. All I know is that they fucking run out of the room and they put some real heavy thing on you. I don't know. Not safe. Mike had mentioned isomers. Um, An isomer is a long-lived, excited state of an atom's nucleus that decays by the emission of gamma rays. In theory, isomers might store millions of times more triggerable energy than contained in chemical high explosives. Collins claimed that he had unlocked the secret. If so, then a hafnium bomb the size of a hand grenade could have the force of a small tactical nuclear weapon. Now that's some shit. Can you imagine? That's some like future video game type of shit. Yeah, a a nuke that fits in your hand like an apple. Yeah, we'd have some serious fucking problems if they made uh, those. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you wouldn't have mass shootings. You'd have nukings. Mass like, nukings. Yeah, you just have somebody walk into a fucking Arby's and just blow up the whole city block. Why's it got to be Arby's? Because now the city's the covered meats. in meats. Yeah, the city is <laughs> covered in meats. Yeah, now it's, everything's <laughs> raining meats and cheese. Next up, we have in... Interesting one. We'll talk about it, about our Zuck, Zucktillion friends. Uh, Lifelog, or uh, also known as Flog, stupid, stupid name, was a project of the Information Processing Techniques Office of DARPA and the U.S. Department of Defense. Do you guys remember Lifelog? You mean Flog? Flog. Yeah. 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 Good old Lifelog. The goal of LifeLog was to create a massive electronic database of every activity and relationship a person has. Credit card purchases, website visits, phone calls, emails sent and received, mail, texting, TV watched, physical locations recorded via wearable GPS sensors, as well as biomedical data captured via wearable sensors. And they were all to be included. What does that sound like to you? Google, Facebook? Mm Mm-hmm. All of them. Pretty much every part of the internet now. I mean, they did create the internet, right? Information highway, baby. It's stacking up. It's stacking up. This is the technological equivalent of our uh, BlackRock episode for me, a little bit. It's stacking up to be that way. The program was actually canceled, allegedly, uh, in January of 2004 after criticism concerning the privacy implications of the system. Not after the Obama administration. (laughs) Now, this one is a bit of a mystery. A $3 million project that appeared in DARPA's fiscal year of 2009's budget, never to be heard about again. What is known is that DARPA believed it was possible to construct a fusion reactor the size of a microchip. I mean, could $3 million get that done? I'm not sure. Could they have tried with $3 million? Absolutely. Hmm. Can you imagine what that would do, though, if that was made available? That would probably break the fucking universe. <laughs> Little fusion reactors just zipping by each other. Just... Well, isn't that what's supposed to be the endless energy? Yeah. A uh, quick little tidbit before we move on from the life log program. So I was just looking. So 
The program was canceled in January of 2004. Now, you remember all the laundry list of things that LifeLog was keeping a track of? Do you know what started in February of 2004? Facebook. Facebook. I'm telling you, Zuckerberg probably bought the operating system for it. So both Zuck and Elon are just operatives of DARPA, essentially. And lastly, but... Not the end of the list, just our list. In 2010, DARPA unveiled a new concept for true transport, the Transformer, Optimus Prime, otherwise known as the vertical takeoff and landing rotable air vehicle. Definitely not the same acronym as Transformer. It was envisioned as a flying Humvee capable of carrying up to four soldiers. That's not very economical. Can you imagine seeing a flying Humvee, though? It's like watching a boombox float in the air. And only four soldiers? Yeah. Yeah, In 2010, they're supposed to be advancing with time. That is like really small thinking for this agency. I mean, as cool as it sounds to just have a Humvee go (laughs) straight up in the air, I I guess vertical takeoff and landing rotable air vehicle. So that would mean it's like a hovercraft, levitation, anti-gravity. What are those fucking jets? Oh, like the Harrier? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harrier jets? Doesn't the F-35 hover as well now, too? Harrier jets, but we carry four people now. (laughs) All right, Hushlings, let's get into our favorite part of this show. It's yours, it's mine, it's everyone's Reddit. This first little snippet comes from the subreddit Conspiracy by the user IckyVicinity23. They go on to say, knew it! SpaceX is a pure CIA front company, just like PayPal was the other CIA front man. Peter Thiel, who went on to create Palantir, a CIA spying front company. Elon is a government Pentagon-funded CIA DARPA puppet. He never actually created or invented anything. All the world is at an NWO stage. What a fucking rant. I love it. I love it. User Iron Dumbbell replied with, quote, Not just Elon, the CIA was responsible for the tech boom. It was kind of unofficial U.S. industrial policy, end quote. Another user replied, Artificial Beauty, and they said, quote, Yeah, Zuckerberg is also an industry plant. LifeLog was a CIA project in which they relabeled Facebook. Jeff Bezos' grandpa on his mother's side is also the founder of DARPA. We got to vet that if that's real or not. I'm not sure if that's real or not. Could just be some Reddit late night rant. He goes on to say, uh, Bill Gates' grandpa was a rich banker. His mom was on the board of IBM. She and other conspirators rigged IBM to award the OS contract to her son. They made sure that IBM leased the OS instead of outright buying it, thus handing Bill Gates the entire computing business. Steve Jobs was also a friend of Mark Epstein. The entire world is a stage, a movie. Conspiracy theorists. Conspiracy theorists love that saying. The world is a stage. NWO. Bunch of puppets, man. I mean, we talked about puppets. We had puppet talk today, but yeah, the world's a stage. Illuminati confirmed Bezos' grandfather did work for DARPA in the 50s. He didn't found DARPA, but he did work for DARPA. Oh. Little interesting tidbit. You know that James Holmes also worked for DARPA. You guys know who James Holmes is? No. He's the Aurora shooter, the one that went into the Batman movie and shot a bunch of people up all those years ago. Oh, really? Yeah, so apparently he was part of their neurological division working for DARPA. He got a grant from the National Institute of Health, the NIH, which also had to do with Tavistock. And he apparently, like hundreds of people, apply for this grant every year and only six people are chosen. He was one of the six to be chosen for this grant. His father also worked at DARPA. And then one day he snaps and he goes into a Batman movie and kills a bunch of people. He was originally from San Diego, I believe too. I wonder if DARPA also continued MK Ultra type experiments. I would say yes. Or at the very least, Manchurian candidates, because, I mean, they're trying to do stuff with military tech, neurological links, a lot of technology. Mm. And if you're talking in the sense of national security, putting somebody into a position 
to sway a political narrative could be categorized as some type of national security for some. Or they didn't want the movie to do too well in the box office. Yeah. We've got another one from the original user, Icky Vicinity 23 They say, science has spoken. COVID-19 was created in a lab by EcoHealth, funded by Fauci and Gates with Wuhan CIA and DARPA. This bioweapon attack on humanity costs us $20 trillion, millions of lives, and our freedom. Those responsible must be held to account, or it will happen again and again until one world government. The NWO shit's real heavy on that thread. Yeah, yeah. These people put it all together. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Hushlings. It's time. Boys, let's hear the final thoughts on DARPA. Dave. I think I'm going to go off of one of the comments that Frank said a little while ago was that this kind of reminds me of the Black Rock of, uh, I guess, military defense. It's very reminiscent of, you've mentioned Tavistock as well. So I think DARPA is kind of on the level of those two entities. And, you know, you have a defense agency and then Tavistock, which is completely social and uh, BlackRock being the financial economical system, at least at the top level, probably not very sane people if they're going to be doing some of the crazy shit that they're doing and have done. I'm sure that some of the innovations that they've made, like the internet or GPS, are, are good innovations that have helped us in everyday life. So do I think DARPA is nefarious? Do I think there's a conspiracy with DARPA? I, I don't think it's really a conspiracy at this point because we've literally found writing on the wall during our research live while doing this episode that it's been involved in some pretty nefarious seedy type of shit. So uh, I think we just skimmed the surface of this one. Yeah. DARPA is a wild one. They are into some pretty crazy technological things, especially when it comes to the military industrial complex, they are into some, sketchy things when it comes to especially the neurological links, uh, things to do with enhancing humans or changing the thought patterns of humans. And you can only imagine what that kind of does to a person. And if they're testing these things out, maybe we are seeing people like the Aurora shooter being the test subjects of these things that they're looking into. It's kind of coincidental that a bunch of these tech moguls and people in high positions of tech companies, Elon Musk, Zuckerberg, uh, Bezos, they're all having some sort of connection to DARPA in one way or another. The lifelog thing is very odd. I don't know that that's coincidence. I think that's, uh, that's definitely by design. I think one took over the other and just added some new features to it and we all played into it. So, yeah, I I do wonder if they're going to change back to ARPA. Drop that D. Drop the big D. But sketchy stuff in DARPA, and I'm sure there's other stuff that we couldn't get into or couldn't find. I'm sure there's a bunch of blacklists, classified shit out there. Be interesting to see what gets released from Freedom of Information Acts over the next few years. Slick Frank Sanders, what you got? For your final thoughts on DARPA. Frog's final thought. Well, boys, there's not too, too much that I can bring to the final thoughts table that hasn't already been said. But what I will say is that this agency, this uh, conglomerate, whatever you want to call it, is absolutely massive in network when it comes to working with other agencies, working with the medical field, working with science academics all over the world to do God knows what. It it seems like it started off just as military applications. Well, no, even prior it was space exploration and fringy science shit, but following that up, yeah, military applications, defense type things. But I definitely think there are some black projects stuff going on along the lines of mk ultra projects yeah darpa's fucking weird man there's there's well over 250 of these projects and we scraped the surface we absolutely scraped the surface uh some ideas seem more 
innovative and uh, a little bit more far-fetched than others. But yeah, we'll see where DARPA goes in 20, 30 years. All right, Hushlings. That's going to do it for our episode on DARPA. What did you think? Was there anything we missed? Any of those projects that you hope that we looked into or mentioned? Reach out to us, as always. Our email, contact at hushhushsociety.com. And join us for our 83rd debriefing, where we begin our Hushtober celebration, where we delve and look into something a little spookier. Ed Gain, or the Butcher of Plainfield. He's an American murderer and body snatcher. And we're going to snatch you up and wear your fucking skin. Oh my God. Only on October 2nd. Monday, that is. Get ready to be skinned. Turn you into a fucking lampshade. And a little tidbit for our patrons. Our next exclusive is a part of our Hushtober series as well. Our spooky spectacle month. We will be telling the story of Victor Frankenstein, a young scientist who creates a creature in an unorthodox set of scientific experiments. And that'll be out into your ears October 19th. Keep your eyes open so that you can open your ears. Thanks for joining us. Yeah? Hush Our Society Conspiracy Hour. <laughs> I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Mystery Mike. And I'm Suck Frank Sanders. Until our next debriefing, remember, the best kept secrets are hidden in plain sight.